Warren Buffett, BlackRock, and other institutional players dominate investments in commercial aviation. Why? Because it's one of the most profitable and predictable alternative assets that exists. And it's not tied to other markets such as real estate and the stock market. Is it safe? Well, imagine triple net leases to the likes of American Airlines and British Airways. Income is contractual and guaranteed by some of the biggest named airlines in the world. That's why this kind of investment was never available to the ordinary accredited investor. That is until now. Visit accesswealthaviation.com and check it out for yourself. Invest in an institutional team with over 200 plus years of combined investment experience in the aviation sector. Conservative investing with double digit returns and tax advantages. That's accesswealthaviation.com. Accesswealthaviation.com. You are listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your life. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with the Wealth Formula Podcast coming to you from Montecito, California. And today, before I begin, I want to remind you that there is a website associated with this podcast, and it is called wealthformula.com. Lots of things to potentially sign up for there, including our investor club. If you are an accredited investor, that's something you may consider joining our little group of investors out there and uh, help get some of that lazy money off the table. You can go sign up at wealthformula.com and that will lead you to an onboarding process. So take a look at that. In addition, there is a group uh, that is a sort of online community or Wealth Formula, and that's called Wealth Formula Network. This is a program that starts out with a course. The course then um, sort of leads into, or I should say is simultaneously associated with our community, which is online. Uh, there's a Facebook group. There's also uh, biweekly Zoom video conferences, which I think people are finding, have found significantly helpful it's sort of like the podcast on steroids and interactive. Now, speaking of interactive and all that kind of stuff, let's talk a little bit about how everything is about to change. Or is that true? I don't know. I keep hearing about how the world is going to look radically different soon, and I'm sure you have as well. But what in the world is this radical change anyway? And what's it, when's it going to happen? And, you know... I don't know. I'm no expert in technology, but it's clear that the radical changes uh, that we are expecting are probably coming from two emerging technologies. One we talk about, we've talked about on a number of uh, occasions, which is blockchain. The other is artificial intelligence. Now, blockchain, of course, really defines uh, this thing that people call Web 3.0 or Web 3. We've talked about it before again on the podcast, but essentially Web3 is the decentralization of various industries such as social media and finance. Think, okay, now Facebook without Mark Zuckerberg, and, you know, Facebook is owned by all of its users. It's tokenized. It has no central authority. That's Web3, right? And, and that's the kind of thing where I think we're going to continue to see uh, movement towards, uh, I think it's a, a extremely strong force that it's difficult to stop. Um, you also see that relevant to, you know, our space and personal finance with decentralized finance, and we've had shows on that as well. Artificial intelligence is the other technology that's supposedly part of this great disruption that's about to occur. You know, we've seen it in action 
without thinking about it already. And again, I, I would just point you to this application that I like to use called Waze. And this is, uh, I wish this was a sponsorship from Waze, but it is not. Waze is an application, you know, basically where, uh, you know, it's taking huge amounts of data from that are generated from drivers and, and putting it into maps and allowing you to get to places with the shortest route and the least traffic. So, you know, that's, that's an example of artificial intelligence. It's sort of weaving its way into our fabric and without us really even knowing that it's artificial intelligence. But I think there's going to be some more blatant things that we're going to see soon. In the last couple of months, for example, a new demonstration of the power of AI has come to surface and it's widely available. It's called ChatGPT. Now, I actually haven't used it, but I'm kind of eager to give it a try, especially after the interview that I did for this program. But essentially what the idea is, is that, you know, instead of searching for something on Google and getting a whole bunch of different, you know, answers and references and websites, Ask uh, ChatGPT anything, and it will give you an answer. Now, ask it to generate a speech on interest rates, and it will. Ask it to give you a summary of a book, and it will. I might use that one a lot, actually. It's fascinating stuff, and uh, you know, I keep thinking to myself, I wish I had that during college because I probably would have cheated, and you know, it would have made my life a lot easier. And I would have saved a lot of time. But for all the good and interesting things, obviously there is some potential of being dangerous as well. I mean, the problem with technology is that it's growing faster uh, at a faster pace than perhaps we are ready for. And just because these technologies are powerful and doesn't dissuade uh, nefarious actors, they're just more sophisticated nefarious actors. And um, that whole thing is going to potentially create a bumpy road ahead. Anyway, this entire space is so complicated that I wanted to talk to a real expert on it, especially although this show is about both blockchain and artificial intelligence. I was really curious about this chat GPT thing. And so that's what we're going to do in this interview. That's what we talk about. And you are going to hear it right after these messages. Worried about saving too little too late for retirement? The Wealth Accelerator may be exactly what you need. With the help of some of the oldest and most reliable insurance companies in the country, Wealth Accelerator allows you to take most of the upside of any good year in the stock market and use bank loans to magnify those returns significantly. And what if the stock market has a bad year? No need to fear. Wealth Accelerator is engineered so you don't participate in the losses of the market, no matter how bad of a year it is. Sounds too good to be true, right? But it's not. It's simply the same financial engineering that the ultra-wealthy have been doing for years. Now it's your turn. Check it out for yourself by going to WealthFormulaBanking.com. Again, that's WealthFormulaBanking.com. Self-storage is a necessary evil. It's where you keep your stuff and forget about it. No wonder the stuff is so profitable and recession resistant. The Wealth Formula community, well, we've benefited from that. We've made lots of money in this space with Reliant Real Estate, one of the largest self-storage companies in the country. With an average investor internal rate of return of almost 34%, with hold times just over three and a half years, these guys know what the meaning of velocity of money is. If you're an accredited investor, make sure to check out what they're up to right now at ReliantFund4.com. Again, that's ReliantFund4.com. 
Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, my guest on Wealth Formula Podcast is Carrie Oberbrunner. Carrie is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author of 11 books in multiple genres, ranging from business to fiction to technology. He's also the founder and CEO of Igniting Souls and Blockchain Life. Carrie, welcome to Wealth Formula Podcast. Hey, it's great to be here. Excited to talk about this topic. Yeah, me too. I mean, this is the, you know, it's it's crazy how quickly things are changing. You know, I've, we, I've constantly, um, I mean, I try to keep up on this stuff, but it seems like people keep talking about this new digital age that's happening. Yeah. Tell me what this new digital age is. I mean, certainly there's blockchain, but there's also, yeah. you know, AI. How do you, how would you describe this pivot in technology? Yeah. So I noticed a change happening. As you mentioned, I have several companies and about 2019 after running Facebook ads for years, Mm -hmm. 50,000, you know, about $50,000 a month, I began to see like things weren't working the same way. And and I said, something's going on behind the curtain and I don't know what it is, but I'm going to figure it out. And behavior began to shift. And what we began to see is we began to see a pivot from what's called web one and web two to web three. And when you ask people, what is web three, they get really fuzzy and they can't be clear, concise and direct. And so I just want to give people a definition. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. So web one is they create, they own. Okay. So what I mean by that is like when Domino's pizza created a website, they owned it. And it was information and it was a static menu. And we went there and it beat the yellow pages and we would, you know, be able to look and see what we wanted to eat and we would order it. But the internet then was what's called read only. So it was informational. Yeah. All right. Then then comes along web two. Web two is we create, they own. So what I mean by that is we became the creators. We began, we began to create the tweets the videos, the posts, the blogs, we began to essentially uh, shape the internet. But who owned it? Twitter. Facebook. Owned. Right. Twitter or Facebook. Twitter. Twitter. Right. Yeah. Right. So essentially what, what we began to see is like, hey, what's going on here? We're the ones who are doing all the work, and yet they're the ones who own everything. And sure enough, you began to see that mobile evolved. So now the internet became, instead of a static sit at my desktop don't bother me, you know, family, I'm, I'm, I'm surfing the internet. Now it became buck. Here's the internet and the internet goes with me. And now instead of multitasking, I'm actually doing switch tasking, which means that I'm lowering my IQ by 40 points, less than being stoned because I'm actually here and I'm here and I'm there and I'm everywhere. And essentially the attention residue began to happen and we were not fully engaged now. Now we're really split. And a, a term called digifrenia existed where I'm existing on LinkedIn right now. I'm existing on Twitter. I'm existing on Instagram. I have multiple personas or avatars. And you began to see the psychology shift with, with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't be fully present. And now we moved into the attention economy and we moved into data mining. Okay. Now, now comes web three. Web three is we create, we own. Mm-hmm. So what it did so decentralization, is decentralization, right? That, that's yes. the concept of decentralization. 
Yes. And, and with your listeners, DeFi, right. decentralized finance. Sure. So now instead of having the man or the company or the woman, you know, instead of having this centralized uh, ledger, this centralized tech, this centralized platform, currency, I mean, you can go on and on and on. Now it became decentralized, right. even down to even down to governance, instead of having a board of directors, now you have what's called DAOs, decentralized mm-hmm. autonomous organizations. You begin to see fractionalized real estate where we can actually take that real estate and we can cut it up into small pieces, represent it with NFTs, non-fungible tokens, which are digital assets, where now you can have somebody, 300 people own a hotel. And how do they verify that they own the hotel? They show their smartphone with their MetaMask wallet and the MetaMask wallet has an NFT, which is backed by blockchain technology that proves it's one of one. And now all of a sudden I might own part of that hotel, but I can also cash in. And as part of the hotel, I might get two free nights. So, so literally just to use those simple terms, then we can go deeper. Web one, they create, they own. Web two, we create, they own. And web three, we create, we own. That's a really easy way to explain it. That's a really good description. And um, so with web three, you know, people often say, um, you know, everything's about to change. So yeah, what's going to change? I mean, what, I mean, obviously we've, we've seen some things happen, but is there like, uh, anything that we'll notice or is it all go sort of under the infrastructure? You know what I mean? Oh, like man. in oh, other man. words, Everything. in other words, I, it seems like a lot of technologies happen and we don't really know that they're happening. They just happen and they're better and they're faster and they're smarter. But is this something yeah. fundamentally different that we're going to see? And I guess along this line and what I want to get into a little bit more is AI, artificial yeah. intelligence. Um, yeah. Yeah. So just a little. I, I honestly think everything's going to change, and, uh-huh. and and that might sound like over the top or hyperbole. Let me mm-hmm. just give you an example. I mean, even just from, I brought a little show and tell here. Okay, so even down to the fact that I have a VR uh, headset, Oculus. Now this is clunky, and and in about five years we're going to be like, oh my gosh, was that dumb? Um, but you know, let me take another model. And this other model are Ray-Ban glasses. And these Ray-Ban glasses actually have video cameras inside them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So these look like sunglasses. In reality, I'm actually recording you right Right. now. Right. And and, and I'm actually able to take this content and uh, put it onto my social media. And you might say, well, that's what's so big about that. Well, Apple's going to come out with what's called AR glasses augmented reality glasses where I could essentially Dr. Buck, I could look at you and say, Oh, Dr. Buck has allowed me with permissions to see where he went to school. I can see what certifications he accomplished. I can see what articles he's written. I can see his friends that he has. I can see where he attended things. And immediately we can have a speed of trust relationship where I can say, Oh my gosh, man, you went to the YouTube concert elevation tour so did i you know and immediately what do people do business with people they know like and trust and so this isn't just theory like on linkedin i have no idea if it's the real person or not 
Well, LinkedIn has started to incorporate blockchain credentials so that when I click on uh, under licenses and certifications on LinkedIn, I can literally click a button and it can go to blockchain and it can say, absolutely, that person achieved this status or this certificate and it's verified. So you're starting to see that, oh, now trust. But let's even talk about lack of friction because that's what, anytime there's friction, like Uber, Uber was disruptive because of the friction to actually hail a cab. Okay. Uh, Airbnb was disruptive because it was very hard for people to say, Hey, I got a house. I'm leaving for a week. Does anyone want to rent it? So anytime there's friction in, in the world, technology can massively disrupt it. And sure. right now there's so much friction with uh, IP protection patents, three years, $15,000. Mm-hmm. There's friction with buying a house. What if, what if, what if Dr. Buck, I had glasses I could tour the house. I could literally be pre-approved with my MetaMask wallet. The house deed could be transferred as an NFT. If upon purchase, I say I'm in, they can send the deed, which would be verified with the uh, state to see, are there any liens on the house? Is it clear? You know, so anything that you see that has friction right now. Yeah could could be disruptive. Yeah, I'm curious about that one too. We we've talked about that on the show. I mean, that is definitely, you know, some seriously clunky stuff, deeds and that yeah. kind of thing. Um but you know, it, we've been talking about it frankly on this show since 2017 when I first got into uh, you know, blockchain and cryptocurrency. And and I'm curious, like, what are the timelines on these kinds of things? So you've mentioned a lot of things that make a lot of sense, but are we, yeah. you think we're going to see them in the next couple of years? Is it a decade? Uh, or what's your take? Yeah. I'm always a fast mover and I, I like to think things happen faster than they do. Here's what's going to happen. Starbucks announces Odyssey. What is Odyssey? Odyssey is a replacement to their stars that when you go to Starbucks, you earn stars. What people don't realize is they're actually earning NFTs now. Right. So, so, so this is kind of what's going to happen. You're going to see diplomas, right. like literally universities, you can Google this. Universities are saying, why are we just giving our people a paper diploma? Let's give them also a digital asset, yeah. which they can put in their, in their wallet. It's better on the environment. It's more secure you can showcase it and demonstrate it because it's a digital asset. So I think what you're seeing is, yeah, you're seeing Nike issue three types of shoes, only digital, which is like my generation and your, our generation is like, what the heck? Why would I buy a Steph Curry digital shoe for $333? But when we unpack that and we say, oh, look at our kids. Well, we drove up to a, a, a party with shoes and they were like, sweet, look at those Air Jordans. Look at our kids though. Our kids were in the pandemic. They could not go outside. So they're showing up virtually. And then when you can flex like every population has ever done, look at that Native American with that feather. Wow, look at that, look at that settler with that gun. I mean, you name it we've always been a society of flexing Rolex, whatever you want. Yeah. Um, 
but now we're flexing digitally because right. we are present digitally. That's a that's a big concept. I think that's harder for you know some of us Gen X types uh, yeah. and, and older people to understand because I think oh, yeah. these younger younger generations have so much value to what's what's in this virtual world rather than just physical stuff. So we can't understand it, but it, they spend so much time in the virtual world that it that the line between the virtual world and the physical world starts to blend. And so yes. there's not necessarily this, you know, uh, this idea that that's not real. I'm not going to pay for that because yeah. it is real. It is real. And, you know, I have a son who grew up on Fortnite. So in Fortnite, your characters have skins and right. those skins are basically saying, oh, you conquered that boss or you earned that level. So now it's kind of like, you know, we had Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or whatever you want to call it with patches. Yeah. You now we have military with bars, you know, and I'm probably butchering that example because I'm not in the military. But we, we have a society that adorns whether the it's the academy and you have certain threads, you know, mm. with GPA. We've always done it. And now we're saying because we're virtual. We're starting to do it. And you're seeing a big fight between Birkenbags physically and Birkenbags digitally and Gucci. And like what I see is I see a lot of these um, fashion. I see fashion really big into the digital space. I see experiences. So you started to see with uh, the World Cup, they had a metaverse they created um, with the tennis uh, they had a whole competition like sports, athletes, entertainers. Taylor Swift could have saved a ton of headache and earn a ton more money to bypass Ticketmaster and simply give her Taylor fans an NFT that would have unlocked a token with first to buy access. Right. And, and if people don't think that's a big deal, uh, they almost issued a Congress. Um, you know, whatever you call it, um, investigation into Ticketmaster. Right. Like, this is big stuff. This yeah. is millions of dollars. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Bill Gates uh, just said that chat GPT, and, uh, and we'll talk about what that is, will change the world, similar to when uh, the internet was invented. Uh, you want to tell us, I mean, because there's a lot of this suddenly came out of nowhere, in my view, is sort of, yeah. discussion about chat GBT and artificial intelligence. Yes. You want to explain exactly what's going on with that? Yeah. So I'm a publisher. So it would be, it would be foolish for me to be like, you know, chat GPT is going to take away the need for all books. Okay. Cause like I'd be shooting myself in the foot, but I'll tell you this, I'll go on record and say, if my company is not exploring how to use chat GPT in terms of research, you still got to make the book the 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 person's story. You're not going right. to say, "Hey, ChatGPT, write Doctor Bu Bu uh, Buck's book." Okay, you know. So but what is it though? Like, if you want to back up, like this might be the first time a lot of people are actually even hearing the words ChatGPT. So essentially, I have it on my computer right now. But mm -hmm. what I can do is I can basically say, ChatGPT, I want you to uh, give me the recipe to cook a chocolate cake. Boom. Recipe. I want you to tell me the book summary of carryover runners blockchain life. 
boom. I want you to write code for how to do uh, this. What would I what would I do for a video shoot if I wanted to create a commercial on something? Boom. And it's not just a search. Like it's legitimately ordered thinking. Um, it's it it becomes the best assistant. Okay, so it it is, uh, and and this is all coming from a conglomeration of information ultimately on the internet that's um, that's put together with artificial intelligence and putting out the most reliable information. Is that yes? Yeah, and and you can even say, I mean, I, I've been in serious meetings with creators of this and early adopters you can say i want you to write a a, a book on this and then i and then say and i want it to sound like dolly parton boom like i mean we're talking like it'll literally write a book for you it'll write the outline and now the question is because i'm in ip space the question is who owns it Right, right. Because if it's pulling from all kinds of different resources, then you're getting into that. And I also teach adjunct uh, university. Certain universities are banning it. And they're saying, whoa, hold on. Like, you know, student, you can just come up with a paper and you could give it enough nuances that it is new information. It'll spit out one and then you can say, make it sound more conversational. Make it sound like from a English, it's called prompts, Dr. Buck. The whole key is prompts. What are you telling the chat GPT to do? Because that's the key. It's like you need to feed it the right command and then it will produce what you're asking. I guess one of the questions I would have on that is, okay, so what is, you know, how, how do we, how do we know that what, the information is is reliable information it, or yeah. that it's actually real because this isn't necessarily something that is authenticated in any sort of way it's actually you know uh just conglomerated right so like i can see a a, a potential problem there with nefarious actors as well um oh, yeah. tell oh yeah yeah talk a little yeah. bit about that if you would you're seeing people say and I don't know where your audience stands. Let's just say left or right. It doesn't matter. You're starting to see chat GPT be biased where you're, you're starting to ask you questions and it now has a slant where, you know, um, tell me about, I'm just going to throw out, tell me about black lives matter. And will it have a slant? Tell me about the Republican party, the Democrat party. So you're starting to see, Whoa, is it external truth or facts or is it now slanted? But I'll tell you what, guess what we've been doing since 2015, same thing. And that's where the social dilemma, that documentary came out and said, Dr. Buck's screen is feeding him different information than my screen. Right. Because it's, it's, it's actually becoming preferential to create engagement So things I love or hate so that I keep coming back and it got into addictive tendencies and this type of thing. So you are right. Um, Here's another personal AI thing just to throw out. I'm, I'm partners, uh, not financially, but um, philosophically with a company called personal AI. Get this. I'm a content creator. You're a content creator. 
What if you could load all your podcast episodes, all your articles, all your blog posts, everything you've ever done into Dr. Buck's AI, which by the way is possible. Now people can literally engage with you and they can get your data with your permission 24 seven. You could offer coaching, you could offer consulting. Like this is now possible where, where we each have our own AI based upon our thought leadership. Is in, and that's like an app or something or like how, how would somebody, if I want to do a Buck Joffrey, uh, carry me around in your phone. AI. Yeah. Is that, is that like an app or how does that work? It is. It is. It's personal AI. Oh, if you go to personal AI, the founder's name is Suman. Uh-huh. He's worked with Google. Um, it's amazing. Like I literally think what, if, if I'm a business owner, which I am, here's what I begin to now say, not will I use AI, but how, how will, will I, I use it? Yeah. How will I use it? And how can we equip our humans to use it to do the boring work or the mindless work so that the humans can do only what the humans can do? So that's why I don't believe in this like Terminator. Hey, AI is going to just take us all over. I say, look, AI is a tool, just like a smartphone is a tool. Can it be used for good or evil? Absolutely. You can use this to deal drugs and all kinds of stuff, or you can use it to do incredible things. So uh, just a real quick example, I used to live in the nonprofit world. So, you know, I used to be work at work at a church. Guess what? You can ask chat GPT to write you a new praise song and it will be theologically correct. I've seen it happen. It's wow. amazing. Yeah. That's that. that. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. It's crazy, man. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, I'm 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 eager to check it out myself. Um you talk a little bit about um moving towards a, a, a concept called transhumanism. Yeah. Talk a little bit about what that means. All right, man, this is scary stuff. So transhumanism is literally saying that humans and machines will integrate with each other. Yeah. In order to create a better being. And, and here's what I want people to think. At first, people are like, oh, that's ridiculous. But it's a spectrum. Right now, there's people with a pacemaker. And the pacemaker actually helps them live. We have people with certain hearing uh, technologies, certain eye technologies for seeing. Well, what happens, Dr. Buck, when somebody loses a leg, which is right now happening, And you can put on a prosthetic limb that is controlled with BCI, brain-computer interface, which is controlled by your mind. And that leg can help you run a one-minute mile and squat 2,000 pounds. Now, we put it in the guy because, hey, his leg, you know, got blown off in the military or whatever. But now, what, what happens when that's optional? I mean, if you can start telling people, look, do you want to run in one minute mile? Do you want to squat 2000 pounds? Like that can actually happen now. Um, I, I dare people to Google antenna man, man with antenna in his head. This is a real guy who put an antenna literally into his head so that he could guess what? Feel colors. He goes to the passport in UK and says, I want a picture with my antenna on it. They say, no, that's an apparatus. He fought it. 
He said, this isn't an apparatus. I can't take it off. It's inside me. They let him have it. He said, guess what? It was made in Sweden. I want dual citizenship. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, like I I really think that our world is on the edge where our ethics is, is being outpaced by our technology. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, Let's talk a little bit about what you do on the consulting side, because all of this is really interesting. And there's certainly business owners involved here. You mentioned, you know, patents and, and, um, you know, intellectual property and that kind of thing. Talk about some of the other things that, you know, you've been able to help people do um, or what you guys provide. So right now, if you, if you can Google all this stuff and, and verify, verify it, but we have developed a patent and our patent. Why did we use a patent? There's two times you should ever have a patent. One is if you're going to sell your company someday. And the other thing is if you're going to borrow up to half your patent portfolio. Okay. So if you're going to borrow money or you sell your company, you should get a patent. Why? Because it's the nuclear weapon of all IP. I mean, it's, it's a 20 year monopoly legally on a certain technology guess what? It takes a lot of time and a lot of money to get it. We filed ours. Our technology is patent pending. Guess what our technology is, is to disrupt patents. So we got a patent to disrupt patents. I know that sounds a little crazy, but here, here's why. Because with blockchain technology, now think about this for a moment. It'll be a little technological, but your, your audience, I know they can dig it. All a blockchain is, is a ledger that's public that is distributed in computers all over the world so that it cannot be hacked altered or have bad actors disrupt it modify it this type of thing in other words information is verified it creates a block which then creates another block and another block and to actually hack it you'd have to go back and hack all these computers and go back through the blocks okay so when you when you mint something on the blockchain, it's essentially, and this is where I want people to realize, like this technology layers. Cryptocurrency is not blockchain, but crypto needs blockchain to be to be verifiable. Okay, so this blockchain is like the railroad essentially. Well, guess what? We've created a process with our patent called Easy IP, where if somebody says, "Hey, Carrie, we've developed," a unique process, logo, PDF, book, concept, we can go and we can essentially, through our technology, create a smart contract around it, which creates a permanent timestamp that says that in this point in history, immutable, no one can change it ever, Dr. Buck was the first to file and first to use that IP. Now, why is that important? It doesn't make it easier to actually get the patent legally. Or does it? It does. We call it a pre-patent. Okay. Because when you file, you know, first of all, I don't think everything should be a patent. Because look, I produce books. If everyone had to publish a book and then in that book on page five is IP and page 10 and, you know, it would cost a lot of money and a lot of time. But there's certain things that should be patentable. And I think for that, yes, you need the nuclear weapon. And great, you have the United States backing you. But guess what? January 25th, I testified on a Congress commissioned study with the USPTO to talk about how NFTs 
are disrupting IP. And this is, this is true. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's actually being disrupted because it's a digital asset that is created that nobody else can copy. And it's proved by blockchain and it's immutable. And so where this goes, Dr. Buck, to make it really practical in 1975, I was born in 76 in 1975. And there's a great chart on this. Okay. But 16% of all IP was intangible. So this tells me that my dad and his generation there, the S and P 500 was made up of tangible assets, right? land, cash, Mm -hmm. inventory, buildings. You look at the arc in 1990, I'm sorry, in 2020, it's 90%. 90% of the S&P 500 today is made up of intangible. We're talking (laughs) Apple's not valuable because of this. Apple's valuable because of all the IP around it. Right. So all your listeners, they need to realize that if they follow the trend of the S&P 500, 90% of their company is in their IP. And therefore, protecting their IP becomes one of the most important things, especially in this digital world where things can be copied uh, incredibly easy. Is a focus of your consulting on the legal side and, um, or, or are there other things too? I mean, I'm not, I'm no lawyer. I'll never present myself that way. I would say that what I do is I, is I help companies create a metaverse and web three strategy. Got it. And, and I look at Chase Bank, Chase Bank a year ago, put up a bank in Decentraland, a metaverse. Why? Because they realize traffic is there. People are there. And so they're not doing a lot of Chase Bank. Yeah they're, yeah, they're not doing a lot of Chase Banking in the metaverse, but here's what they do, and here's what I think is really smart. Businesses should have a Web 2.5 strategy. We're not clearly at Web 3 where everyone's walking around with VR and AR goggles, but we're no longer at Web 2 where people are saying, look, there's no such thing as blockchain or NFTs. We're in a Web 2.5. And so I would encourage companies to say, look, how can we use Web 2.5 to be a bridge to get our customers to the next version of the internet. Fascinating stuff, uh, Carrie, and I could keep going on and on and on here, but we got to stop somewhere. Um, yeah. You know, uh, so if people want to get in touch with you, first of all, you, you've got this uh, book, Blockchain Life, yeah. Making Sense of the Metaverse, NFTs, Cryptocurrency, Virtual Reality, Augmented Reality, and Web3. Obviously, uh, that I'm presuming is available everywhere, Amazon, et cetera. That's right. Everywhere. I wrote it for my 72-year-old parents. And I say that with all the love in the world that says, look, they were asking me, what the heck are you doing? And um, I wrote it so that we could understand it. Sure. In other words, there's a chart here, and it basically says Web1, Web2, Web3, and yep. how do we use it? Yep. And that's where I think people are going to have a lot of success. That uh, that obviously would be very useful for people interested in this um, this world. Also, um, you mentioned you know some of the services you have. How do people reach out to you if they're interested in potential consulting? Yeah, so I would just go to. I got three websites. My name CarrieOberbrunner dot com, theblockchainlife.io, and then ignitingsouls.com. And so either one of those are great. 
essentially at the end of the day, what do I do? I publish, protect, and promote IP and turn it into 18 streams of income. Fantastic. Gary, thanks uh, again for being on Wealth Formula Podcast. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. I think uh, this is something that I think you should really keep an eye on. I'm curious uh, about this chat GPT thing in particular. And, uh, you know, it's probably worth really starting to think about various things that you might be able to do with this technology. And it may also be useful to start thinking about, you know, ways you can monetize this or ways that you can, you know, figure out how to invest in some companies or things like that, 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 that potentially are in the forefront of this type of thing. It's certainly an exciting uh, technology and it'll be fun to see where it leads. That's it for me this week on Wealth Formula Podcast. This is Buck Joffrey signing off. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast. Visit us on the web at wealthformula.com. The information contained in this podcast are opinions, not fact. As always, consult your own financial team before making any investment. See you next time. Buck Joffrey here from Sapio with Buck Joffrey. Aging might become reversible over the next 10 to 20 years. It's already being done in lab animals, so it's just a matter of time. Our challenge? To be healthy enough for when that time comes. As a former scientist and surgeon myself, my goal is to figure out how to do that and to share it with you. I wrote a book called Living Longer for Busy People that you can download for free at sapiopodcast.com. You'll be amazed at just how a few daily adjustments can add years of a healthy life for you. Again, download it for free, sapiopodcast.com.